Manhattan spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 203rd annual Subliminal Session Podcast. Your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm doing my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. First full five-day work week, and uh, that's miserable. I suppose you're doing your regular shift this week as well? Yes. Yep. The regular uh, four tens. Yeah. Is it awful so far? No, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, I did come into work. I did come into work this morning feeling like it was Thursday. But uh, yeah, it's only Wednesday. <laughs> well, a little uh, quick thing here I want to talk about. I had patiently been waiting for the release of Diablo 4. Awesome game. I'm having a lot of fun so far. I can still remember being pumped about coming to your house and being able to play Diablo 2 because you had it and that game was the tits. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I had uh, Diablo 1 on the PlayStation, the two-player yeah, version. Yeah, we also, played the shit so. out of that. Oh, yeah, we... <laughs> and it had the little the little cheat where you could create a new character and double your money, that yeah. kind of thing. So. <laughs> you had, yeah, you had, like, perfect gear all the time on your character. Oh, yeah, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, it's funny because I fucking hate games that do this, but... If you paid an extra $20 on top of the regular price of the game, you could play it four days early. As much as it, I, you know, whatever, I wish I had disposable income. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So my poor ass waited the four days and the uh, game day crashes of the server crashes to play it. Oh, yeah. It's kind of what you would expect to happen. I'm guessing everyone now, even, well, actually, even if you buy the CD, you have to pretty much download the entire game. I thought you were going to talk about how only part of the game came with it on launch. No, it was a, no. a Star Wars Battlefront situation. No, <laughs> no, they're not quite that greedy yet. I mean, okay. technically, Diablo does these things called seasons. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but basically, yeah, yeah it's just like every three months, you level a new character and you try to like get so far on these leaderboards. That technically hasn't been released yet, I guess, but I'm sure that will be in the next month or so. Well, you're thinking about getting it for Xbox. Yeah. So I got the series X a couple of months ago. The funny thing is ever since I've bought it, I, well, when I, when I first bought that Xbox series X, I couldn't find it anywhere. Now I see them all over the fucking place, (laughs) but I mean, I have I have the really good system I might as well, you know, use it. The problem is I hate buying games brand new. I just can't stomach the $70 price tag when I could wait like a month and pay 50 or maybe 40 at, you know, discounted. So hopefully it's funny. We were just talking about or I was talking with my friend about the brand new Zelda game, which I would die to play. I don't have a switch, but they were like, oh, we'll just wait for it to go on sale. 
and I'm like, dude, Nintendo Ugh. does not go on sale. They are notoriously cheap. You go to any store that sells even like 10 year old Game Boy Advanced or Game Boy 3D games, they are still $35. Yeah. The same yeah. price that they were when they first came out, they are the exact same price for like Smash Bros ultra or whatever the fuck it was i bought 10 years ago i see that at best buy for the same price i bought yeah. it for yeah back then. yeah i don't nintendo just i don't know they just do not play by anybody else's rules but their own definitely yeah i don't have any kids and i don't have any friends so there's really no point in me <laughs> to get a switch um uh, maybe playing zelda smash bros mario maybe that would be cool but i just don't see the you know it's more of uh if there's other people to play it with type type system this is why in the near future you should be playing diablo 4 anyway speaking no go no ahead friends needed <laughs> uh there's people online to play with anyway uh, speaking of greedy organizations are you ready for this week's episode phil yeah great segue <laughs> yeah let's hit it the american dream the goal of and promise to Everyone willing to work hard and sacrifice for the chance at a better lifestyle. Whether it be a chicken in every pot from the Great Depression era, two cars and a color TV from the 70s, or from our current generation, Gigablast internet and a side chick from OnlyFans. The American dream has always included one important thing, that being the prospect of homeownership and entry into the middle class. You know what? We can't make fun, Phil. You got OnlyFans. You're successful. You're going to have money for a house in current times. Oh, definitely. Well, maybe a few years ago. Now now it's uh, it's so crowded with, with all the chicks in there. It's uh, You used to hear about chicks making like, you know, regular looking chicks making 10 grand a month. Now, now only the top earners get that. Yeah, so. it's a little bit oversaturated. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Just like anything else on the internet, uh, there's an initial gold rush and then it, you know, the town just floods. So, you know what I find really annoying is like the dating apps, right? Anybody who mm -hmm. uses them, this is more from, I, I would assume, a, a, the men looking for women scenario there. But if you see a Snapchat or an Instagram link, that yep. is to get you to and OnlyFans or a Fansly or whatever. Sometimes when I see their Instagram, I'll just look at it and it's like, it's always there. It's always like the mega link to the OnlyFans, which I guess is smart if you're trying to lure people there, but God damn. Oh, definitely, yeah. It's just like that, you know, we were talking about the Red Pill episode. We did talk about those kind of people who only use dating apps just to get people onto, you know, their other social media and their their OnlyFans, their Instagram, all of that stuff, their Snapchat sites. So <sighs> same, you know, it, it's kind of sad because there's people actually looking for, you know, their person on there. And it's just <laughs> just a bunch of fucking whores and thieves, basically. <laughs> Honestly, everything like that just gets, you know, wherever there's something that the, the like scammers always fall behind. I mean, think about email. Think about how innocent email was. Now it's like the bane of your existence because you're just bombarded with scams on there. Oh, yeah. My normal email and the email for this site, too. 
only gets half the amount of of spam emails. Like that spam folder fills the fuck up. So, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> now, however, leaving the curse of rental life is not all roses and blowjobs, as home ownership comes with huge responsibilities and can be a real pain in the ass with repairs and maintenance, property tax, and the hundreds of other little things that can pop up that are associated with owning a home. One of possibly the most aggravating and stress-inducing aspects of home ownership for many people is their membership in an HOA, or Homeowners Association. And that is going to be at the center of our discussion today as we talk about what really is an HOA, what are they used for, and the problems associated with these controversial organizations. All right. Well, I live in an HOA right now, um, Mm -hmm. so... I have pretty good knowledge on it. I haven't, I hate even to say this out loud. I'm going to knock on wood here. (laughs) I haven't had any problems uh, with them. Although I guess there was a, I don't want to say hostile takeover, but there was a cleaning house, a new election of board members recently. So I don't know what that says, but uh, it got rid of the old stooges. We're actually going to talk about that towards the end of the episode. Okay. Uh, kind of like the election process and, you know, what can happen in, in those situations. But yeah, it is. It's funny because a lot of people I talk to and a lot of people who live in like areas surrounding a big city or kind of like the further out suburbs, it's a really popular for HOAs. Where we grew up, there was no idea, like there no notion of an HOA, Homeowners Association. Maybe unless you lived like on the golf course in town, but that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, um, you'll probably go into it, but I don't think HOAs inherently are bad. It's like the people who are selling the land that they're building the property on are kind of the issue, right? Because they like create these kind of. Yeah, so definitely it comes from anytime that like neighborhoods are considered like developments so when you're a development that's kind of like when you're initially selling the property you're setting up all the streets and everything you want to try to keep that property or those sets of properties as high value as possible so they set these up in order to you know kind of keep the ne'er-do-wells and the shitheads out basically yeah 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 yeah. the problem is a lot of these homeowners associations maybe not as much as it was in the past but a lot of them used a lot of tactics to try to keep out, you know, other races, other, you know, different kinds of people that they didn't want in these uh, associations or to become homeowners. So they kind of, a lot of like redlining and stuff happened. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. We'll talk a tiny bit about that, but yeah, it's, it's kind of the, in the darker history of HOAs. Right. Right. Now to start off today's topic, A homeowners association is an organization that governs and enforces the rules of a planned community, whether that be a condominium building, a subdivision, a development. Uh, Membership in an HOA is mandatory after purchasing one of these units or homes. The association will handle the upkeep and maintenance of the common areas, take care of all sewage and trash removal, Also, and possibly most importantly, they will handle the books for the association. This is after collecting any fines and fees from their membership. Of course, the fines divvied out to the members have to do with violations that they've committed. 
in regards to how they've maintained their homes with some HOAs being a little bit more heavy handed than others. Yeah. Yeah. These are the, the, the fines and stuff are kind of where you hear a lot of horror stories. Oh, definitely. You look up these on the internet, kind of like the horror stories, the nightmare scenarios. And a lot of people are talking about, you know, it's a lot of personal stories, usually having to do with uh, either their garbage cans or their lawns. But, you know, just situations where they're getting nickeled and dimed for every little thing. You know, maybe this is a little controversial, but when you think about HOAs and the problems that they can have and the little people, you know, waving power over whoever, right? Kind of the main linchpin of the problem. This, I think, is a prime example of why maybe I wouldn't go for either a libertarian, you know, paradise like they want it, or even a full anarchist society. I don't trust tiny groups of individuals commanding, you know, like a village or something, right? You can kind of see where it's pretty easy for people in small positions to get let the power go to their head. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The thing is, this is just kind of an organization that's set up a lot like a government. Yeah. The only real difference is these associations, they use their kind of like bylaws, their rules to enforce all of these fines, these standards and everything like that. Government actually has like the power of like law and law enforcement and the justice system behind them. So it's, it's a little different in that situation. But, I mean, basically the same thing. It's just a smaller version of government. Like, government at its tiniest level. What could you imagine if an HOA was allowed to establish their own laws and have to have their own police department and stuff? You'd have some problem. Their own fire department? (laughs) Yeah, that would be a fucking... They'd be a menace. Yeah, Yeah, I I couldn't live in it. It would either be a paradise... That's the problem, though, too. Not all HOAs are bad. No, no. (laughs) It would either be great or a fucking menace. The problem is a police department and a fire department funded by maybe 200 individual homes, that would get very expensive for those individual homeowners. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I've always kind of correlated HOAs to that. It, it's funny because, you know, obviously libertarians want like the small self-governing communities and then people who claim to be anarchists or would like anarchy, um, they kind of want the same thing. I think it's kind of <laughs> interesting. Yeah, but the problem is all of those people, really, they want me to be king. Yeah. Like, in their mind, like, I want to be king of my home. Well, what if you can be king of, like, the town? Well, I'd like that, too. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. It'd be <laughs> really, great. those. the funny thing is those people always want smaller government until they get into government. And then they realize, oh, well, maybe it could be a little bigger. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Give me a little more power. That's how humanity is, man. <sighs> Definitely. Now, not everyone who owns a home, obviously, is going to be forced into an HOA. However, these organizations are prevalent throughout the United States, found in both middle and upper class neighborhoods, where the worry is that a lack of standards may drive down the property values across the entire community. And before we poo-poo the entire concept of HOAs, they actually do serve a purpose. With a lack of standards, they could potentially lead to like a lot of white trash moving in down the street, turning their yards into used car lots 
or potentially having a hoarder move in with their lifestyle spilling outside of their own walls onto the <laughs> onto the alleys and streets. Well, as two individuals who grew up in small town Iowa, um, mm-hmm. we know what this looks like. Someone's yard looks like it should be a used car lot. Um, yep. Fucking old people hoarders with just junk everywhere. Oh, definitely. And when we were in grade school, there was an invasion from Kentucky that happened in our town. And yeah, it started to look a lot like that in a bunch of different areas of town. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, don't know. I, it, It's, you know, it's just like everything. There's negatives and positives, you know, but it is, I will say, it's nice to kind of just have a little bit of oversight to make sure people aren't just throwing shit everywhere you know what i mean oh definitely yeah my so my sister lives uh pretty pretty close by where, to where i live in mesa she lives in what's kind of known as a county island they don't have an hoa they're not really part of the city of mesa she has one neighbor right next to her that's a hoarder that keeps all of his shit inside the house there's another hoarder across the street that lets that shit spill out yeah. into the, you know, they're basically the at its worst, the street in front of their home and their entire driveway was a used car lot. It looked like a garage sale was happening there every day. <laughs> and any trash that they accumulated would just end up outside. It was terrible. Uh, they were also drug dealers, too. Ah, uh, yeah. OK, well, maybe that's the lar- <laughs> bigger issue there. Yeah, but but. <laughs> But yeah, it's, you know, my my beloved cousin, I'm not going to say his name here, but he is a junk master, loves uh. junk. He His new home has his junk. They don't call it junk. They call it projects. But. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you know what? They just, they like stuff. I don't, I don't know what it is about people on farms and like having a lot of stuff i don't it's a weird it's a weird thing all those old farmers always have just like so much stuff and it's just rotting away and the you ask about it it's always oh i've been meaning to fix that yeah have you guys have ever seen the show on the history channel called american pickers yeah there's a reason why that business is located in Iowa. Yeah. Because those um, those farms that are full of shit are prevalent. Basically, cars just out in their yards. You can't even see the cars anymore because the grass is just grown all around them. And th- someday they're going to fix it. Someday they're going to fix it. You know, it's the, uh, the It's basically like once they're in a drug-induced coma in hospice care, that is the time to ask them if they'd be willing to sell some of their stuff because before that point, I you're not going to get it. Oh, definitely. You have to wait till those people die yeah. to <laughs> start cleaning their shit out. And even their ghost will come back and try to like <laughs> stop you from you. getting rid of their shit. <laughs> yeah. So uh. <laughs> Now, these organizations can go too far, charging exorbitant fees for the smallest infractions. Uh, this would include just a few little things, leaving your trash bins on the street for too long, having the wrong kind of plants or grass in your yard, or heaven forbid, adding any personality to your home that you had staked your entire life savings into. 
They will go after the residents for unapproved siding, shingles, their choice of paint color, believing that one rogue purple garage door will most definitely lead to a lower class invasion throughout the entire neighborhood, causing a property value deflation domino effect. Yeah, this is, I guess, technically, I could repaint my garage door and Mm. front door and then probably get in trouble, but I don't really feel bombastic enough to do that i don't really care enough to be honest with you i care about what the inside of the house looks like not really the tiny ass little you've seen my lawn it's so tiny it's pathetic there's uh, it's it's kind of funny really when you're we talked about a little before the show when you're dealing with a condominium or unit like condo units it's not so much what the kind of outside looks like because you really can't, I mean, it's it's a shared wall, it's a shared roof, everything like that. So it's not, not like you can really change it that much. We're really more talking about kind of like, you know, single homes or separated homes, that sort of situation. But yeah, definitely people with yards, if they have like any kind of quirky, you know, sense of style, that is frowned upon in a lot of these places. Yeah, yeah. The, I will say the one rule that I really appreciate is no long-term parking on the curb of the street. You have yes. to be in a driveway. Oh, if you ever go to, like, let's say, like here you go to downtown St. Paul or like the nice neighborhoods in St. Paul where the restaurants are, and you're trying to find parking there and there's no driveways or nothing and the streets are just like, Hundreds of cars, just ass to ass, just everywhere. It takes like four hours to find a fucking parking spot. So goddamn annoying. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The So I kind of live on a neighborhood that's full of like condos and apartment complexes. For some reason, it's just like a haven for truck drivers. And they park their semis yeah. on the street here. Like you've, you've been to my apartment. Yeah. You've seen, you've seen that. Right now, there's four commercial vehicles parked on that street, <laughs> and they always park across the street from each other. So there's only one one car that can fit through. So there's what somebody who lives a little down the street on the main road. You can park. Um, it's a fucking school bus there, and I've seen a semi and trailer there multiple times. I'm just like, why is this school bus just parked in the fucking street? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, the thing about truck drivers is. You know, obviously they have a job. They, you know, where are you going to park the thing? But the thing is, if you have like one of those big fucking RVs that, you know, is just full of fucking junk, just parked on the street, like move that shit. There's parking (laughs) lots all over the place. Find a spot for it. You know, get it off the fucking street. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or a bus too. Yeah, those people living in their bus, like van life. I hate that shit. But (laughs) moving on. A few quick stats that I found out for HOAs. They were all kind of taken from the same website. This one is called, it's not that important. It's called Spectrum Association Management. That's the company's website that I found. So they might be a little bit dolled up, these stats. Uh, They're obviously pro-HOA. An estimated 70 million U.S. residents live under an HOA, and there are more than 342,000 communities across the country. That's about one in five Americans. There are more than 5,000 new HOA communities being built every year. 
As of 2016, there was approximately $5.5 trillion in real estate under HOA management, and the HOA industry apparently brings in an estimated annual revenue of $88 billion. So quite a bit. God damn. So it's how my HOA is, and I'm assuming, because like this one is called Spectrum Associates Management, we have an HOA, yeah. and then there's like a management company that I believe the HOA hires to manage everything, but is governed yes. by people who live in the community. Yeah, so that's what a lot of these places will do. So any apartment complexes, they're usually owned by either a company or, you know, maybe one or two people. But then they have these management companies that come in and kind of handle the the day to day of, you know, taking care of everything because it really is a full time job taking care of some of these places. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you call the management company, like they must manage so many they don't even know like which one you're talking about. So you have to be very specific which yes. community you live in. I'll, honestly, though, if they have an office on site, just go to the office. You know, go to the office. If they tell you to put in a ticket, at least they can put a name with the face. So True. I don't think definitely. we have an office I, here, but um, you can mail their P.O. box. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes straight into the fucking dumpster. <laughs> yeah. So when I saw that number, $88 billion, that's quite a bit of money. I'm not sure exactly how much like college football kind of brings in every year but i imagine it's it's pretty close so i mean that's obviously all of them combined but that's a lot of money so yeah i think it's like every year you get a piece of paper that talks about like all the money that came into the hoa and all this shit it's literally like four pages of large numbers and i don't know yep. what any of it means but <laughs> they're not you can tell they're not bankrupt so i guess that's the main thing there yeah, we'll talk about it later, but sometimes that uh, being like full of jargon and really hard to read, sometimes that's by design. So we'll we'll get into okay. that later. All right. Yeah. Now, for a brief history of HOAs, they began in the post-World War II boom era of the late 1940s and early 1950s, though they really began to explode in popularity during the 1960s when a mass exodus from urban areas to the newly formed suburbs would begin, with these neighborhoods being built around a newly formed, highly mobile middle class, which spawned from the post-war economic boom of the time, with HOAs formed mainly to manage the common area that these neighborhoods would surround. Uh, this was actually kind of a really interesting new way of making a community, which meant that the people who owned homes and properties here would need smaller yards with this kind of large community around it. They would gain ever more power throughout the 20th century, leading to the standards and regulations spilling out to more than just the park areas and common areas that they surrounded into the homes, basically into the properties themselves. So I'm starting to think that hippies are to blame for HOAs. Well, hippies are to blame for most things. Uh, really, <laughs> really, I would say kind of the mass exodus out to the suburbs. Maybe it was more the yuppies. Well, yeah, the yuppies are moving, but the yep. hippies are transient people who loiter. Their job is loitering. And Oh, that's true. I'm the saying, urban areas were being filled with homeless fucking hippies, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, you got hippies playing Grateful Dead and... 
tripping balls on acid after about a week. That shit's going to get a little old. You want him to turn the guitar off and go elsewhere. Um, you know, you can only, I know there's people who can listen to Grateful Dead 24-7, but most normal people, you need a break from a guy singing Grateful Dead outside your house. Yeah, just look at San Francisco. How many of, uh, you know, the sane people in that city, like, finally moved out of that place with all the homeless people shitting on the sidewalk and everything? <laughs> you know what, Phil? When when society collapses, you'll be shitting on the sidewalk, too. <laughs> <laughs> shitting on the sidewalk for everybody. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, when... Um... I don't know, when some catastrophic event happens, all power's knocked out, all running water, you're going to be shitting where you can shit, man. That's true. I'll be hitting the road back for Iowa, (laughs) where shit actually grows out of the ground without (laughs) dumping tons of water that we don't have on it. So Very true. Now, no HOA is exactly the same. With these organizations not really being standardized at all across the country, nor are they any part of any local or state government, with their standards and rules made up by the individual charters. These charters are maintained by the officers, usually elected by the members of the association. Now, like I mentioned before, these standards are enforced via fines, doled out after violations are found. Yeah, I think it was like, let's just say last December or January, right? Um, The place where I'm living at had like a, house cleaning they had all the new candidates you got a letter with like fuck they probably had like 15 20 people on it and it listed like their life story on there what they did for work why they should be selected you know where they have an expertise to help the community it's like it was almost like a job interview they're screening themselves to all the residents just to be elected to the homeowners association yeah, like yeah, the board yeah. oh, okay yeah when you when you first started talking it sounded like these people were trying to move into the community no, no, i was no, like no, damn no. i didn't realize it was that exclusive no 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 they already live okay. here they were yeah. trying to let people know why they should be elected i remember there was just one girl she was like some really high up person at 3m which in minnesota 3m is like the headquarters is here. If you're a big dog at 3M, you got a lot of money. And uh, yeah. even though you've destroyed the groundwater here, uh, yeah, you, you got a lot of money. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Talking about kind of like, we didn't really mention it before, but a lot of the most powerful HOAs belong to the the upper upper class, like gated communities. Yeah. These are the ones. So we talked about like how crazy it would be like, oh, if an HOA had its own like police force or fire department, like some of these like million dollar homes, billion dollar residents, some of those do have their own security force, maybe even have their own fire department and very strict rules on keeping, you know, the riffraff out. Yeah. So yeah. a lot a lot of the higher up executives might live in communities that you don't even know exist. The funny thing is out here kind of in Mesa, Gilbert, there's a lot of these really expensive communities where you would think like, oh, thousands of people live on this city block. It turns out there's only like five houses there. That kind of situation. Yeah. But they're yeah. hidden behind all of these trees and gates and everything. You don't even know what's there. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know where they are, but I know they exist. (laughs) 
you need you need the fucking uh, Google Maps to be able to see it. One of the guys that I worked with showed me. It was right across the street from a huge trailer park, and it was their own city block with four houses on it. God so, damn, that's yeah, the life. Huge, huge mansions on huge property. So <laughs> I want a house so big I get lost in it. Oh, I no, I don't. Even if I won the lottery, it'd be a, a fucking four bedroom house for me. Just enough room for my shit and my bed. And that's it. I'd have the guy if I was that rich, I'd have the goddamn craziest house like the Winchester house. That'd be my house. <laughs> nah, nah, fuck that. It'd be too big. But we're going to get into the like the fun part of the episode now that we've uh, you know went through the meat and potatoes. We're going to go into the dessert a little bit here. So we're going to talk a little bit about the fines that are on. You know, I found a lot of these on the Internet. I've heard these from friends that they supposedly like the worst ones will, you know, put upon their members. OK, I will tell you if any of these pertain to me. OK, let's get started. Not allowing overnight guests, charging fees for anyone caught spending the night on the week, especially if they bring a car. No, this one does not pertain to me. Yeah, there's a lot of stories on the internet about people who kind of get caught with overnight guests. I imagine, though, that this is more retirement communities. Yes, yes, that could be. Um, I don't even know how they would regulate this where I live. Yeah, so this deals with basically, I imagine, like a lot of 50 communities and they're trying to make sure that you know the kids aren't moving back home and you know gonna be loud and have kids of their own ah yes 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 yeah cars parked on the street in front of your house yes this one um you cannot park on the curb in front of my house being parked in the drive yeah there's a lot of stories on this on the internet i was talking to my brother jason and he has an HOA. Apparently, one of his neighbors parked one of their cars on the street in front of his house. And instead of trying to figure out, like, through the registration who owns the car, they just automatically fine him every time they see that car parked on the street in front of his home. They find your brother. Yeah, because it's in front of his house. And they, they don't have any jurisdiction to put a ticket on the car. So they find the house that it's in front of. I'm pretty sure where I live, they just straight up tow it away. Yeah, it'd be better if they actually did that, because then my brother wouldn't get fined yeah. for for this asshole parking in front of his house. Yeah, he the next I hope he um I don't I don't know. I can he he has to be able to do something, right? Well, I mean I guess it's not like if you call the cops, it's not illegal to park on the street, so you can't have the car towed. So, I mean, maybe if he calls the HOA and tells them to tow it, the thing is the guy goes to work every day, then comes home. So it's, it's one of those situations. Oof, that's shitty. Yeah. Next up, HOAs who try to regulate the size and breed of their residents' dogs. No, definitely not. <laughs> not mine. <Yep. laughs> Um, they I don't want they don't want dogs to be too big. They can't be laying them big shits in the in the community <laughs> park. I bet though, if you because you kind of want like a condominium, right? Or are you thinking yeah. like kind of a condominium kind of like I have or like where it's a, almost like a shitload of apartments and you're buying an apartment? No, I do not want to buy an apartment. I want basically three floors. All three floors are mine, but thin. So, you know, kind of like that condo style that's pretty popular in cities. Kind of like mine, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I bet if you live in an apartment one, a condo, apartment condo, this would probably pertain to you. Yeah, I definitely don't want anyone above or below me. Yeah. So yeah. 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 But yeah, they're they're basically trying to keep people from owning huge dogs and having them like living in it's kind of a big problem having huge dogs and having them like in the backyard, you know, fucking digging up shit, tearing down fences, all of that stuff. So dude, honestly, that that's the one thing about living in an apartment is people's dogs who just never quit barking. Oh God. Yeah. I don't understand what the deal is about Phoenix, but for some reason, the poor people in Phoenix love to have a pack of huge dogs (laughs) living in their one bedroom apartments. And you feel so bad for the dogs because in the summer, it's too hot to let them out on the, the patio even. So they're just inside staring out the window, barking at people. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's annoying. No. Next up, not allowing dogs to be walked on the ground in common areas, making it mandatory to carry your pet through lobbies and even parks in some instances. Wow. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah, this definitely isn't where I live either. There's If there's walking trails everywhere, right? Every person walking, minus myself, 90% of them are walking a fucking dog. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I couldn't believe... I mean, I can see it if there's like a lobby or some situation like that. Yeah. Not allowing your dogs to, you know, muddy up the ground. But, I mean, not allowing them to walk through a park. That's fucking insane. Yeah, that's... (laughs) That's that's fucking crazy. That's definitely overboard. So, they might be going... I mean, the people who are telling this story might be exaggerating just a tiny bit i mean i can't imagine someone running around making sure that all dogs are being like carried when they're outside i can't imagine that ah yeah it'd be fucking annoying definitely mandating a time and a day which you are allowed to cut your own ass that seems to be a big one is kind of like keeping the noise down and keeping up with your lawns so that's kind of like a twofer but that's one that i saw quite a bit yeah, this is probably for people with houses. There's like a company who mows everyone's grass here. So yeah, this must be for the like houses, I would assume. But I didn't even think they mow their own grass. Maybe they do. Yeah, yeah so in Arizona, it's a lot of people with either fake lawns or, you know, gravel. But the people with real grass, like the rich folk, I imagine a lot of them probably have uh, people who... Like a service come and mow their lawn for them. But yeah, I can imagine in other parts of the country where they actually, you know, can easily grow grass. You know, they don't want someone to be mowing the lawn at all times. They probably have it segregated to like one day on the weekend that they want people to mow their lawn. But it depends kind of like we were talking about the libertarian kind of idea of do shit when you want. It's your God given right to mow the lawn with the beer in your hand at two in the morning. You know. <laughs> Honestly, um, the old house uh, that I used to live in and uh, you lived in for a little bit, you remember, say it was Saturday morning, uh, maybe we're up late Friday night for whatever reason, and 6.37 in the morning, that fucking neighbor fires up his loud ass piece of shit lawnmower and it's just like rumbling in the house. That was goddamn annoying. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The uh, special needs yeah. case across. Yeah, exactly. I 
I was so pissed at that guy. I, I, <laughs> I, I've never wanted to fight a neighbor so much in my life. <laughs> I know. He's fucking annoying. Yeah, he's probably dead by now, but... He is not. I know he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I In my mind, he's dead. So okay. Yeah, forget about him. Yeah, definitely. Next up, enforcing dress codes during community events, such as block parties, barbecues, and garage sale. They want you to dress up for a garage sale. Yeah, so I found some uh, stories on the internet where they were having little community parties, and they were like certain, you know, like, you know how there's like kind of themed events? It was mandatory that you kind of like dress nice. And also, I found some stories about some garage sales where you had to wear khakis and a polo. What the fuck? Yeah. This is some, those are some snooty ass people. Oh, definitely. And it's you selling shit. So they're what? Treating you like you work at Best Buy or something <laughs> like that. You know? <laughs> you got to dress up like you worked at Shopco. Definitely. I imagine the Karen who runs that shit probably treats you like you work at fucking Best Buy, too. Yeah, that's really annoying. Definitely. Uh, No children allowed to live in the communities, this being like retirement communities, uh, 55 and up. Basically, they're banning extended stays for anyone under 55 and up, which is pretty popular among 55 and up communities. This becomes a problem, though, when maybe like the grandparents become the guardians for the children. Yeah, I get why they have this rule, because otherwise it wouldn't be a retirement community (laughs) if there's young kids living there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know the guidelines of a retirement community. It sounds like a lot of them have like, um, I don't want to say nurses, but caretakers and stuff and stuff for elderly people yeah so this isn't really like a retirement home this is for people they own their own home they're in this community and it's a basically think of it like a huge seven day a week party these people are like they're golfing they're drinking they're living it up in their golden years basically so we need to try to get in a retirement community phone Dude, I'm telling you, they need 35 and up community. Yeah. You know, 35 and up, no (laughs) kids, just you have to be 35 and up to live there. Basically, people who either kick their kids out of their homes after they turned 18 and now they're, you know, living here, basically just a huge party on the weekends. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. I'd move there. I would move into a fucking manufactured, quote unquote, manufactured home in a second to live at one of those. Okay. So if we... Let's say you bought a co- an apartment complex, right? And yeah. you set the rules for 35 and up, no children. Could you get sued for discrimination? Yeah, I, we, we've actually talked about this. We don't really know how 55 and up community are allowed to exist because of how discriminatory they are. Yeah, I don't know. We, uh, I guess we'll find out when we buy that 35 plus uh, <laughs> retirement community. When we started up that place, that would be awesome, though. I would love that. Hell yeah. No flags besides the American flag. And they're kind of talking about like controversial flags, like the the blue line flag for the police or the, the BLM flag or the pride flags, that kind of stuff. They don't want any of those flags Like the, sending a message, basically like the Trump flags, too. I don't think I've ever seen a flag where I live. Maybe there's like, though, I've seen um, 
like those little flags that they put in gardens with like a flower on it or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? You see them yeah, in the some gardens. some communities even ban those. Really? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, do, I don't remember even seeing an American flag where I live. Yeah, there's also stories on the internet of people who have like those political yard signs being ripped out of their yard by, you know, HOA kind of board members or just tattletales, basically. Yeah, I have a feeling you wouldn't be allowed to put Trump 2024 thing in your lawn or something. I'm positive of that here. Yeah, the problem is it usually aligns with the political affiliation of the people who want those signs taken out. So if they're fans of Trump, they'll probably be fine with Trump signs, but not anyone from the other side of the None of yeah. those signs are allowed, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. It's pro- honestly, probably not a bad idea because you don't probably want neighbors fighting with each other about this stupid politics, you know? Yeah. Also, it makes your neighborhood look trashy, kind yeah. of, if you have yeah. a bunch of like political yard signs or if there's just a shit ton of, you know, random flags. I mean, imagine like an Alabama fan, an Alabama Crimson Tide fan, yeah. how many flags that they're going to have up. Yeah, if someone had a Green Bay Packers fan or flag around here, I don't know. That flag would probably get trashed, I'm pretty sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you, you hide that shit in Minneapolis. <laughs> definitely. There's uh, some that I found with rules against smoking, even inside your own home. Huh, okay. Um, yeah, I. it feels like that one would be hard to enforce, too. Yeah, definitely. It kind of sounds like it's an excuse to get someone kicked out. If ah. it say, oh, we're going to come do an inspection and then you claim to smell smoke. If you want that person out of there, you can kick them out because you smell smoke in their house. You know, what about vaping? Vaping, it doesn't leave anything behind except for that weird residue on all of the mirrors and the windows. Yeah. So you're probably fine there. It actually probably makes your apartment or, or house smell better. Yeah, so. probably. <laughs> And of course, we have to talk about it. Trash cans and wheelie, <laughs> trash cans and wheelie bins, which need to be kept out of sight, except for, of course, on trash day. So this is a pretty big one across the Internet is making sure that your your trash cans are out of sight and kind of taken immediately back to their little hiding space. OK, so I remember reading this technically is a rule where I live. Mm. If you had them on, actually, I, that's not even true. Some guy must have been on vacation, had his trash out for like a week um, yep. <laughs> on the on the street. But they do say you should put them back in your garage when you're not using them. Yeah. Uh, a lot of communities will have kind of like the private contractors of the, the trash companies. So instead of having the city do it, they'll have like these little private contractors come out and collect all of the trash and pay them. So that way you can basically, if they leave it out for more than like two or three days, they can put a little mark on it and that company will steal their, their wheelie bin, take it away. Really? Yeah. That's kind of like the, the punishment. So then you have to go and get it back if it's your, you know, (laughs) and you of course have fines. All of these are probably, you know, you get fined pretty heavily and then fined even more for, you know not obeying the rules after you get the initial warnings and fines. I know a lot of people where I live put the trash bins inside each of the doors. There's maybe like a, I don't know, four foot kind of a hallway before the door. A lot of people just put them in there. 
Yeah, where my mom lives, she puts them behind like a little a little gate mm. where her backyard is fenced in. She hides them back there right next to the garage. Yeah. So nobody so can the, see them. That situation. Yeah. Yeah. But if she just decided to leave them on the other side of the fence, if you could see them, it's you'll get a fine or you can get them, you know, who knows. So. All right. Yeah. Uh, most of these pretty hardcore. Can't lie. Yeah. Some of them are pretty normal. It's just kind of the cases you read on the Internet. So when you see a normal one, like the trash cans, that's where I was seeing like the going to the extremes of someone having their trash can stolen from them by the HOA and sent to the, you know, the company. So, yeah, that's a bit much. No. Now, like I mentioned before, these are just a few examples of extreme overreach by some of the worst HOAs. While most of these organizations keep mostly a light hand, only dealing with matters of landscaping, home repairs, and unacceptable changes in design. Most homeowners across the country are not at odds at all with their association, much like you. Just differing from what the internet will make you believe. Uh, That same website that I got the HOA stats from also stated that they had taken a survey of those living under an HOA and they had found that those surveyed 90% of the residents were actually happy with their HOA governing bodies. Also, 78% of those questioned thought that the HOA was actually good for their community, though this was on an HOA website, so gigantic grain of salt blasted yeah. right in your face for that one yeah <laughs> um yeah i would say i probably feel that way about mm. mine about mine the thing i noticed about when i moved in here this is the the monthly fee was a lot cheaper than a lot of places so i in my head i assume that meant that they were more hands-off than yep. uh some of them Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, just like I said, it's different across the country. Everybody is different. Um, and also, 10 years ago, your same neighborhood, which you don't mind the HOA at all, could have had tyrants running yeah. that shit. Yeah, It absolutely. could have been completely different. So I remember when I was looking at houses, you'd kind of go to different neighborhoods with different HOAs, right? And you could tell the ones where the HOA was bad because <laughs> they weren't like fixing anything on the outside of the property that they probably should have been. Um, you could tell stuff is being neglected. So, yeah, you just got to, I don't know. Do your homework. Do definitely. your homework. Yeah. 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 They Usually they'll let you read the like laws and shit. Yeah, that's a good idea too. And maybe go talk to some neighbors. It is 2023 with neighbors, but maybe talk to <laughs> your potential neighbors a little bit and see what they think. Yeah. So. Knock on the door. Say, I swear to God, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon. I just have questions about the HOA. I'm not trying to sell you anything or fuck you. I just have a couple of quick questions. Yeah. (laughs) So one of the biggest problems that members have with their HOAs is with board members themselves being kind of at the extremes of the spectrum. Either they will be totally inept not at all taking care of the property or the standards of the community, allowing small complaints and minor fixes to evolve into major breakdowns and huge repairs. While on the other side of the spectrum exists men and women that make up these association boards who overstep their offices and their oaths of office to trample the freedoms of the owners whom they govern. 
taking advantage of the seldom attended meetings to pass newer and more stringent regulations targeting the individuals and individual behavior that they personally oppose. Yeah. Yeah, this these two these extremes here, which one would you rather have to live with? Ooh, that's a tough one because both suck. So I've lived in apartment complexes that were on both sides of this. I've lived on one. I'm living in one kind of right now, actually. That's getting <laughs> bad. That they are like letting shit go. The pool is never clean. The jets and the hot tub don't work. And the place looks like shit. I've also lived in an apartment complex where it was way too stringent. If I even had my door open a crack, you would get the, the cops called on you. So I've lived in both extremes. I would say it's probably... It's probably better to live in a clean place and follow the rules. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, because, I mean, if you think, if you buy a property, right, and yep. the HOA is not taking care of the outside like they're supposed to or whatever their rules are, um, that depreciates your house's value. So oh, yeah. that hurts. Now, I will say, have you ever lived? I remember there's one apartment complex I lived in. And when I moved in there, everything was great. Everything was taken care of. Shit was fixed. People in the management office would actually, like, you know, respond to you. And by the time I left, like, two years later, it had just, like, it was a steady decline downhill. This place, yeah. Where you live? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's getting to be like that. Yeah. It's it's slowly but surely getting to that. I've only started a note a couple months, though, but yeah. I don't know if it's like new management or like somebody else owns it now or what. I don't know why that happens. I find that it's usually when the place fills up and they're not really worried about getting new people in there. So when everyone gets pissed off and leaves, that's when it starts turning around. It kind of does that weird yo-yo thing where basically when they don't have anyone living there, they clean up their act to get more people to live there. Then when they fill up because they did such a good job, then they can kind of coast and start just sucking in the money. That is know? a very valid point. Yeah. Definitely the worst place that can happen to an apartment complex is having all the units. That, that's the worst. Because not only do you have to live with all these fucking animals, but also they stop taking care of them. The <laughs> pool never gets cleaned. The laundry rooms never get cleaned. Laundry machines always broke. You know so. what? I hope within one year from now, Phil, you will be recording from your very own home. My very own shithole. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's looking like that. Fucking housing prices are expensive. Now, right now, once again, we're gonna we're gonna dip into the pudding here a little bit and talk about some of these toxic behaviors. Some of the worst Karen's and Terry's on these HOA boards will cause. All right, let's hear some. All right. Now, first off, these board members will act like Randall from the cartoon recess self appointing themselves to record violations from around the neighborhood, usually following the garbage truck around, seeing who isn't Johnny on the spot with their trash cans and wheelie bins. Was Randall the nerd guy from recess? Yeah, Randall, okay. Randall was the teacher's pet, the guy with the rat face who would always have the little notebook. Gotcha. Okay. I was just thinking Randall is a bad guy in almost every single TV show. <laughs> Randall's <laughs> yeah, the bad guy of- from uh, Monsters Incorporated. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's always the bad guy's name. And they're always gingers, too. Yeah. (laughs) Next up, invaders. These board members will enter someone's yard, garage, or even residence while the owners are not home, 
This is under the guise to fix a problem, uh, claiming that they can only do it really like during the hours of their operation, possibly grabbing yard decorations, yard signs that may violate that may violate community rules and guidelines. So basically taking matters into their own. Okay, yeah, I've heard of this before. Never experienced it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, this is really bad with apartment complexes. When you kind of have like maybe landlords or management, like kind of property managers who overreach. And it is illegal to, of course, enter someone's home without their permission or without them knowing. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. There are also board members that carry personal vendettas against certain residents, hoping to nickel and dime their victims into submission until they either acquiesce or possibly just move away entirely. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, this, this one I could see a lot. Like someone gets on the board strictly to oppose somebody else. Oh, definitely. Someone, someone who wouldn't do it at all, except for just that one fucking asshole that they hate. Yeah. Yeah. But then they become the asshole. Yeah, exactly. They become the monster. Board members that have become power hungry monsters, either on purpose Starting out maybe as a middle school bully, later on a retired company tyrant, they miss the good old days of the harassment that they used to be able to dole out. Or possibly someone who hasn't really had any power in their entire lives, that is, until they get a little taste of power from the HOA and they begin to lord it over their fellow homeowners. Yeah, they miss the uh, old days of abusing their uh, employees, so they want to take it out on their neighbors. <laughs> oh, definitely. The sad thing is they tend to live forever. It suck the happiness. That's the problem. <laughs> and last but not least, the final example of a toxic board member is the criminal. Someone who uses their position of power to enrich themselves and their family. At, of course, the expense of their friends and neighbors, skimming and siphoning into their own personal coffers. Yeah, the, uh, this one's bad. This is not good. You don't want this one. Yeah, the internet is full of these, and it's full of stories of these assholes getting caught. Uh, it is actually very hard to catch these assholes, because usually they come from like business backgrounds. They're very good at you know, manipulating the books, keeping things private, or kind of just making sure that no one suspects anything. They've been doing it basically their whole careers and now into retirement. A lot of these that you listed here are like, I imagine if you live in a community full of wealthy people, you're going to be having to worry about all of these ones. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If you are, say you're a hundred thousand heir living in a community of millionaires, you're probably going to be the target of a lot of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, with the last people that we talked about, the criminals, here are some of the types of frauds that I've found throughout the internet. Uh, Some things to look out for, too. The first type of criminal is a board member that is in charge of the bank accounts of their association. They will use their position to cook the books, charging the organization more for services and supplies needed for upgrades and upkeeps, or they will charge the organization for services not performed at all. They will take the extra for themselves, all the while creating fake invoices to cover their tracks during any audit that may take place. Also, they're usually in charge of the audits too. Remember, this is all voluntary. Yeah. 
I'm not going to say this might have happened where I li- where I live now, but it feel felt like something untoward happened and hmm. that's why they got rid of everybody. I'll tell you about it off the air in more detail, okay. but uh <laughs> but yeah, it's uh yeah, I don't know. It might have. I'm I'll ask your opinion off the air and see what you think. Yeah, anytime you really have to trust someone when it comes to this type of money. Imagine all of the money that these organizations take in every year. Imagine how easy it would be just to slip a little bit, just to do. And the next things we're going to be talking about too, it's even easier to do that. This is full on criminal shit. The other shit can be seen as like morally bad, also legally bad. But, you know, like this is kind of like the, to start off with one of the worst things. These are probably going to scare me a little bit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Now, next up are the board members who are given the power to decide which companies receive the contracts to do work on or to sell to the community. They will violate the trust of their residents by accepting monetary kickbacks or free services and products for selecting certain companies' bids, oftentimes having work done on their own homes for free. Yeah, I could see this one. Definitely see Mm. this one. Yeah, this is a big one because uh, it's it doesn't even feel like it's illegal, really. You did me a favor, I do you a favor type deal. I mean, it's some shit politicians would do, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, definitely. The United States government, basically, this is legal now. Yeah, this is uh, Dick Cheney 101. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Next up, board members who find members of their community off the books, then pocketing the money for themselves. This also includes board members who accept bribes to pass ordinances for certain homeowners. Yeah, I could uh, I could see people doing this too. Yeah, you're writing out fake fines and then keeping the money for yourself. This is like personally, you know, giving it to someone and then keeping the money, so. Yeah, this is bad. Oh, definitely. And finally, the last bit of uh, fraud and corruption we're going to talk about is the rigged election. When the same corrupt members keep on winning these HOA elections, even though there might be a ground swelling of support against the incumbents. Yeah, it's funny how close you can correlate these two, <laughs> like regular governing things. And the big one that I found with rigged elections is kind of when you get these long dynasties. Uh, So say it's like a 55 and up community. You might have like, say it's a couple living there for 15, 20 years, and they've just been, you know, they've basically been the monarchs of the homeowners association for the entire time they've lived. And a lot of times with the rigged elections, they're not totally against doing the other three things on the list. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Another big one, too, that I kind of didn't want to mention, it's mixed in with the other ones, is someone who basically owns their own company. Like, So say it's like a landscaping or a general contractor who will hire themselves to do all of this work. That's another big one that doesn't really even you know, seem like it's illegal, but actually it could be against the bylaws. Yeah, I could. I feel like I could see that happening for sure. Yeah, that definitely feels like it probably happens at a lot of HO. Yeah, without even going noticed. Yeah, I could, I, I could see that. I, I almost feel like the guy who took care of the snow removal here was a person mm. who lived here. Oh yeah, 
and nepotism too. I mean, having like, oh yeah, I have a family member who owns a landscaping place and they do snow removal. They're really good. So then, and then they're just like, oh yeah, we'll get that guy. And then, you know, this happens for 10 fucking years. They're yeah. the biggest contract. It's all, you know, bleeding into itself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not good. Now, some of the troubles that can come from this, you might not think it's that big of a deal. Maybe they're skimming a little bit of money off the top. When the lid gets blown off of these, there is huge legal fees. There's, you know, massive amounts of debt. There's years of, well, lost every, lost fines, lost everything that kind of comes in. This all goes back on to the members who really didn't do any of the wrongdoing. They're going to be the ones who have their fees jumped up. They're the, going to be the ones who have more and more fines. Also, they're going to be the ones who have to deal with the fallout of all of the wrongdoing. Yeah, so basically you're saying if you have a fraudster mm-hmm. and you get rid of them, the damage is not completed simply by removing this person. Usually there's more post-fraudster uh, damage, more or less. Yeah, uncovering the fraud and kind of, you know, killing it at the source you still have to deal with the fallout. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, that really is shitty. Especially if like you're just some Joe Schmo who's just living there and you don't give a fuck about it. You just want to come home from your miserable job and just try to forget uh, about your life for a while till you have to go back. Yeah, and then the biggest problem too, if you're the one in the community who takes down the bad board members, guess who they're going to vote for to put in charge? Yeah. Your ass. That is true. <laughs> and then you become the, the worst bad one. punishment. Yeah. <laughs> now, because this is mainly an informational podcast, if you believe that your homeowner's is or has been the victim of a bad actor, the first thing to do is to actually start attending those meetings. Next up, Start requesting copies of the association's records, including financial documents, vendor contracts, tax returns, board meeting minutes, check registers, invoices, purchase orders, basically all of the evidence that you can get your hands on. Then seek out a forensic accountant and make sure that that evidence gets into their hands, possibly even a lawyer who specializes in it. If you do come to the strong conclusion that there are misdeeds, this basically where everything starts and that evidence in your hands, it, you know, it's your only weapon against them. The funny thing is when you start requesting all of this information, that's really when you're going to start figuring out if there's wrongdoing or not, because you're going to make them scramble. Yeah. How easily they get it for you. Oh yeah, definitely. And the biggest thing too, I've read was they're going to start saying things like, the books are too complicated for you to understand. That's a big one, apparently. Is when they when they claim that like, oh, I'm the only one who figured this out. That's when you know the books are cooked. The cooks, the books are cooked. All right, that sounds like quite a red flag there. Um, I guess I've been fortunate enough they just send them without asking. But uh, I guess those could be post cooked books. Maybe I don't really know. There's so many fucking numbers on there and. Yep. I don't really know what to make of it because I'm not a forensic accountant, but I assume everything looks f- fine from my simpleton brain. Yeah, that might be. So kind of what I was going to mention when you when you talked about that little statement that you get, the deal is maybe they're hiding it in plain sight, that situation, or maybe they're kind of making you believe 
that you're seeing everything. Not saying that your HOA is bad. It's just one of the tactics might be to kind of give out a false sense of security every year. And then no one really looks into it. Also, if you ask for the raw data, they can just say, oh, you get that every year. I already give that to you. Okay. All right. I, I see what you're saying. You, you're definitely making me paranoid, Phil. <laughs> you should be. They're all a bunch of... No, they're probably decent. Most HOAs are fine. And two, you got to remember, another grain of salt, anyone who complains on the internet... Probably, you know, if they're pointing a finger, they got a couple pointing back at themselves, too. So maybe they deserve some of that shit. Very true. I guess maybe I live in the lower end of the middle class, so maybe that is (laughs) beneficial. (laughs) Nowhere Uh, to go but up, baby. Yeah, so uh, super rich people, I don't really have to worry about them. They are in neighborhoods around here, but obviously those giant ass gates will keep you out of there, so... I don't know if I really want to live when live in them anyway. So here's the end question. You know, you are looking for a home. Yes. Is this something that you are concerned about? It is. I'm mostly worried about both ends of the spectrum, kind of like we we mentioned. I'm worried about moving into a community that's on, you know, the slide that I pay a little bit more than it's worth in a year, especially considering every you know, everywhere around here is going up, up, up. I would hate to move into a place and have it be one of the only communities that's going on the slide. So that would be bad. Also, yeah. though, too, moving into a place and not realizing that you're basically, you know, locked into a prison sentence now, you know, a mortgage and having to deal with these assholes, these high school bullies, basically. Yeah. Like I said, if you got a good realtor, it'll be very apparent if there's been upkeep on the property or not. You know what I mean? So like the guy I was, who was helping me, a few of the places we looked at, he's like, yeah, I don't know. This HOA is not really taken care of what they're supposed to. Yeah, we have, uh, my family has a really, the same lady we all use. Uh, She's really good. You know, I'm going to use her in uh, hopefully a year when I start looking at houses and, you know, getting all the, bank statements and shit. No, I don't even know where to start, honestly. So <laughs> that situation, that's what she's there for. A bank is the first spot. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Phil, do you have any final statements or should we let people uh, contact us? Hopefully about non bad HOA stories. <laughs> uh, my final advice to everyone is just stay poor. That's probably my best yeah, advice. Yeah. Now, if you wanna, if you, if you wanna hit us up, you can get a hold of us from email subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from everybody. Uh, another way to get a hold of us is through our Instagram subliminal deception podcast on IG. We actually had a fan just the other day. I didn't realize that we didn't do it. Uh, she requested the Montauk project, so I'm actually gonna start uh, gearing up maybe to do that. Hell so, yeah. Yeah, but uh, if you want to get a hold of Cody, uh, you have an Instagram. Where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can follow me at Cody's above. Thank you to everyone who's taking time to follow me. A um, few people have actually taken to sending me some pretty funny memes and videos. Uh, and I think they they understand my very dark, inappropriate sense of humor. So thank you guys for <laughs> sending me those. I really appreciate it. 
Uh, the last thing we ask you guys to do is to log on iTunes, leave the show a five-star review. It doesn't particularly matter what you say, just uh, five stars, type something in there, hit submit. Thank you to everyone who's taking time to do that for us. If you're a Spotify listener, it's even simpler. You just hit five stars, hit submit, and you're done. It's real nice and easy, um, anonymous and all of that. Thank you to everyone who's taking time to do that for us. Well, Phil, excellent episode. HOAs are something that I think more people need to be aware of, the risks and the rewards from them. So excellent job today. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.